KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Post Game Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Oh, no. Oh, man. Couldn't quite get her to fall. Oh, well, everybody's happy, right? Because no matter what happens with this Oklahoma City Thunder team, the fans are happy. They either win, great. They either lose, you're one step closer to somebody named Cade. The Thunder lose to Minnesota, 106-103 to in absolutely dramatic fashion. This will be remembered by everybody who watched it, all 1,300 of us. It'll never be forgotten. It was an incredible game. It's tied at 103 off of an Al Horford 3 with 20 seconds to go. Timberwolves inbounds pass goes awry. Hamadou Diallo's ensuing possession also goes awry. And then D'Angelo Russell sticks the knife into the Thunder's hearts with a made three to go ahead for good. With two seconds left, Hamadou Diallo has one more shot, and it's a miss. But it's okay, everybody. We will keep you afloat here on the first take post-game show on 107.7 The Franchise. I'm Brady Trantham. Over there, looking at her computer, is Christine Butterfield, looking at all the numbers, doing everything. And across the glass is Mr. Vibes himself, Dr. Vibes, whatever he wants Maddie to call him. Vibes. Maddie Vibes, Matt Burton. Maddie Vibes. Maddie Vibes. Yeah. Stick that vibe somewhere. Need to keep, keep that away. It's not exactly late yet. There are kids listening. Yes, true. Well, Christine, this was a game in the first half that was incredibly forgettable. Yes. Now, l- let's remember, let's set the stage. There's no SGA. There's mm-hmm. no Lou Dort. Mm-hmm. According to Mark Dagnall in the pregame, he said that uh, it's day-to-day, but that's classic Thunder injury talk of somebody who hasn't had surgery, so they're just going to be day-to-day. Will they play tomorrow? Yeah, probably not. But no. uh, George Hill also out. George Hill is going to be out for the foreseeable future with uh, surgery of his index finger. Uh, but yes, no SGA, no Lou Dort, no George Hill. You have guys like Kenrich Williams in the starting lineup with Hamadou Diallo. Never also, thought I'd see the day. Also, the other interesting thing, no Teo Maladon. He was out because of health and safety protocols, but I guess unless you're Kevin Durant, you can play. You can play for like a few minutes, but that's <laughs> it. But it was boring, but other than the result of the game, of course, if you're wanting this team to win, kind of remind me of the same effort that we saw Wednesday night. And so from a moral victory standpoint, I was actually kind of happy to see that. They didn't just get run out of the gym, but of course they are playing Minnesota, so maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah, as far as talent and athleticism goes, that all kind of went with Al Horford and Diallo. The rest of the team kind of was meh in shooting, and the defense was absolutely abysmal but when you look at when they had certain plays where you know they would get either a turnover a steal or offensively they would get the ball moving well you would you could tell that they had a lot of hustle and a lot of energy throughout the entire game which is saying something huge because when you only have eight players playing that night it's like no one would blame anyone on that team for if they go down you know, kind of just like muscling to get back up and, you know, like, oh, I'll stay on the offensive end and wait for the play to come back. But that's not what they did. Every single play, they went all out the whole time. And that's not something you typically see in the NBA, let alone when a team only has an eight-man roster. So like Brady said, that's kind of the moral victory of this game. And let's just be real. Diallo doesn't really have the clutch genes. So 
you can't really blame him for missing that shot there when he's usually not the guy in that position anyways. He doesn't ha- he's not used to stepping up and he's not used to being the starting lineup. So when it comes to him not making those shots down the stretch, it wasn't really surprising to me. Yeah, Hamadou Diallo with 37 minutes tonight, uh, 16 points, a career-high 10 assists. So uh, he did show us a little something, Matt, that he doesn't really sh- show us at all. And I guess let's just cut right to the chase because, yeah, we could talk about he had a rather good game, 6-13 from the floor. It's good for Hamadou Diallo. It's overall a good performance, but what people are going to remember is when the Thunder get that turnover off the bad inbounds pass from Minnesota. And I'll just let you take it from there because you had the line of the night. Anytime Hamadou Diallo gets in the paint, what happens? He shoots it. It's good. The ball <laughs> is going near the basket. Doesn't matter if someone's guarding him. Doesn't matter if it's you know, an extremely contested shot, off balance. It doesn't matter. He is shooting it. Once, he, once his feet touch anywhere in the painted area, he is shooting the basketball. And that's exactly what happened. When he gets a breakaway, and I can't even remember, it was probably what a three on two, maybe a three on one. It looked like a three on one, but I think there was a Thunder player trailing. Trailing, so I think yeah. it was like technically three on two. <laughs> right, and but but of course, didn't care. the defender goes to where the ball is, of course, and as one does, the ball goes up. Still, it doesn't go. It doesn't go to the trailing Thunder. It doesn't go to the guy opposite of him. Hamadou Diallo kind of just completely ignoring all the rules of he any said, break. You know what? I'm not going to wait for the team to come back, kick it to someone on the outside. No. I'm not going to try to dribble it back out and restart the play. No, I'm in the paint. I'm no, shooting now. I'm in the paint. Uh, I'm in attack mode always, uh, which can be good at times. And, uh, you know, there's a time and place for, uh, for that. But it was not that time. This was uh, just terrible. And he does it. he does it all the time. It doesn't matter... If the game's on the line like it was right there, Hamadou Diallo, anytime he gets into the paint, he is shooting the basketball. He has to be second or third on the team in free throw attempts, so I don't really blame him for having the mindset of, I mean, when I get to the paint, and with his athleticism, his speed, he can do that. I don't know if he can do it against everybody in the league, but uh, a fair amount. When well, he gets into if, the paint, like I, I understand him having the mindset of I can get a foul here, but and well, if, yeah, but I mean, if that's what he was trying to do there, like uh, I'm going to try to get a foul call. That's not, I mean, that's not the time to be like to leave it up into the refs' hands. Whenever you're, whenever you're basically on a three on one break, you well, have if options. You're in a three on you one, numbers. you would you would know that the you probability of you getting a foul call right. is high. Uh, in, in a I, three on one situation. They're probably if going they play, in. If he plays, good, if he plays good defense, he's not fouling. He's not trying to foul Diallo to put him on the line. He's trying to just contest, and that's what he did. And Diallo just tried to force it up there with numbers. Just, I don't know. I don't I'm get just saying. How. So Diallo, I, I've noticed. So when he attacks the rim, he leans into contact, which is something so important that you need to do whenever you're going up to the rim because. That increases your probability of getting to the foul line. So for Diallo, if he goes up in the lane, he knows that with his athleticism, with his height, with his wingspan, he's probably going to get touched somewhere obvious that the ref can make an easy call on that. So I'm not particularly upset for Diallo thinking that he could possibly get a foul call in that situation. What's upsetting is the fact that he didn't read the situation correctly. And I think that's kind of what you were getting at. Um, but I just, for Diallo, like for him to think that he could get the foul, that's fine. But you think about everything that was happening in the moment. He could have definitely played a little bit smarter, especially with someone who's supposed to have the veteran status for the Thunder. 
Yeah, I mean, this just kind of wasted, and I, I use that term lightly because, like we said in the opening, like the Thunder, they didn't necessarily play a, an ugly game or a bad game. Like the effort was there. It's just some key players just didn't exactly hit shots. We'll get to that in a second. But this was by far Al Horford's best game in a Thunder uniform. Uh, oh, by far. Season high, excuse me, 26 points for him, eight assists, seven rebounds, 10 of 19 from the floor, uh, three of six from the three point line. Uh, he had two of those six attempts. Uh, Around the 22nd mark, he missed one. Oklahoma City gets the rebound. I believe it was Kendrick Williams in the corner. Uh, yeah. Put it back out. Al Horford was basically in the same spot at the top of the key, his sweet spot. He was able to get that one to fall to tie the game at 103 to give the Thunder a puncher's chance. But outside of that, guys, I mean, we're going to let's talk about this before we get to the player of the game because I, th- I think we talked about how this was the important thing going forward for this game. And of course, tomorrow night when the Thunder play the same team in the same spot. Minnesota at Chesapeake Energy Arena tomorrow was okay. Darius Baisley finally has a really good game where he shows off a little bit of everything that we expect out of him offensively, defensively on the glass, shooting, scoring, everything off the ball, on ball on Wednesday. And we all said the same thing. Okay, we need to see it again. Not not an incredible game, but we need to see more positive. And if you lazily look at his box score, he had a double double. So he, right. uh, 12 points, 10 rebounds, great. But he was 4-14. He was 1 of 6 from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Jerry Jerry Ramsey, who will be joining us in the second segment, uh, always basically says the same thing about Darius in that it's too quiet. But that's what I like about Darius Baisley is that he's efficient. He's not going to try and shoot his team out of the, out of the game. But 4-14 is just far too... I'm just that's not, so, I, I'm that not, shot selection isn't great. I'm just not liking what I'm seeing out of him, and I hate saying that because I, I think even more than SGA, I'm more excited for Darius Baisley, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that I have an idea of what he could be, but I also have much less of an idea compared to Shea Gillis Alexander. So I see that, and I'm just like, I'm glad that you got ten rebounds. I'm glad that you scored double digits, but th- that was about it for me. What's really weird is that Darius Baisley goes on these like these good nights that you see, and I mean it's kind of overshadowed obviously by Al Horford's night, obviously getting a season high. But every time Darius Baisley has a good game, it's almost unmemorable. Like you look at the box score line and you see everything he did, and you think, oh yeah, he had a good game, and then you th- and then I think back on on like each play, and I don't necessarily remember. A lot of the times where he scored or, you know, he had a really essential rebound. And I was watching him tonight and I've kind of commented on this before, but it was even more evident tonight to me that when he dribbles, he does not have any idea of what he's doing because he puts his head down. He does not look at the floor when he dribbles. And that's that could be catastrophic for someone at his position because he's whenever he drives he needs to get to the lane and needs to get to the rim but if you are not dribbling with intention and with power you won't get there so it seems like to me any single time he's from behind the arc and trying to get into the rim he will he will try to get there and then end up being bullied back out or bullied into kicking it back out and that's not what i I'd assume that Darius Basley would have, you know, like in his skill set, like I thought that he'd be more confident with the ball and I thought that he would have more of an intention on what he wanted to do and knew where he wanted to go. But 
moving forward for him, I think that's going to be one of the biggest struggles that he needs to obviously improve upon because he's going to be called upon to get to the rim and get to the basket a lot more in these upcoming games. And he needs to be able to deliver on that, especially when the Thunder needs someone down low and need that presence. If Al Horford's going to be out or if, I mean, I don't want to say like if they don't have Isaiah Roby, but that's their other guy that they're going to probably lean on at this point. So it, I just like, I thought that Darius Baisley was going to be better this season. Like I had, I had higher expectations for him going into the season. And I'm not saying that he can't be great because I still think that he has such a high potential I guess I just overestimated how much I thought he would improve over the offseason, and it's kind of disappointing to see that there's a lot of areas in his game that still need a lot of work. I mean, there's a fine line between being passive, uh, which is kind of what you're describing, or what we think Darius Baisley should be, and that's just smart, cognizant of what's going on. Like, okay, you can jack up a shot here, but what's probably smarter is just bringing the ball back out and resetting the offense, and I think Darius does that a lot and I think he's done that so much so that through this month of poor play I think it's kind of leaning more in towards uh, the passiveness of I'm just going to put the ball back out and reset the uh, reset the offense but oh look there's five seconds left on the shot clock and now I've got to end up jacking up a shot I mean there was a play on Wednesday I don't think we got to mention it at least I didn't uh, where he was, he got the ball wide open on the elbow and this is during a good Darius Baisley game but it was at the Mm -hmm. in the first half and he completely passed up three and dribbled inside and took a 15-foot jumper. And it's like, oh, it's 2021 NBA. Like, what, what are we doing here? Right. And I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and say that Darius Baisley is passive uh, by any means. But, I mean, Matt, we've talked about it, the body language. We've talked about the the overall play for Darius. And I, I hate harping on him, but when, you, when you're watching a team that doesn't have Shea Gillis, Alexander, Lou Dort, Teo Maladon, Darius Baisley is the one guy that you're kind of keeping your eye on because he's a part of the future. And again, I, I guess I would rather him have bad games like this where he still has 10 rebounds, still has 12 points uh, because his bad games for the last month have been six points, yeah. five rebounds. So I guess this is a step in the right direction. So increase your floor. Right, exactly. And it's crazy to say that, right? Because, I mean, he has 12 and 10, a double-double, but I, I, was, I was left wanting more. You're right. And uh, especially with the personnel that the Thunder were throwing out there. I was like, okay, this is Baisley's chance to like right. really kind of step up and uh, have a really good game. You know, because he's yeah. going to have... I, I, assume, I assumed he was going to have the, uh, the attempts, the shot attempts were going to be there because, I mean, it's really him and... He's going to be leaned on heavily. Really, yeah, yeah, really him and Horford and some Diallo. And then the rest is kind of like, all right, whatever. Um, but yeah, left me wanting more tonight. And uh, Christine, we've talked about that before where um, Baisley, Baisley will drive in and it just kind of, it looks like what he wanted to do at first wasn't there. So he kind of just like a panics or something like that and then like throws something up or you, you know something what I think like it is that. too I think sometimes he like senses the pressure when he starts to drive and he it's just like oh, no I don't really want to do that actually yeah, he, doesn't, he doesn't have like a, a plan B or like some Im- improvisation or anything like that um, but I I, I I didn't want to put that many high expectations on Paisley this year I mean I, I did have, have expectations for him and they they were probably too high. I think we need to like we need to curve those back, and we need to look at it like, okay, he's he's twenty years old. Like he's he's only twenty years old, right? Right? Or is he twenty one? Well, he now? has experience. He has his internship. So is he tw- right? Or is he twenty one now? Either way, um, 
he he's still young and he's still learning. He like twenty twenty one. That is really young, right? So he yeah. is still raw. He's still learning, uh, kind of the tricks of, of the trade and getting more experience. And like I've I've said this before, he just needs more experience and more consistency. That's that's really what he needs. Um, him getting ten rebounds, like we talked about that. Um, I think it was the Clippers games where he was getting four rebounds, like nothing, like he wasn't getting any rebounds. I'm like, dude, at, at your height, your athleticism, your mm-hmm. skill set, mm-hmm. you should be get you should not be getting out rebounded by by anyone, really. Right. And so I, I like him being the leading rebounder, which uh, guys, the Thunder, we need to we need to go back and check this. The Thunder out rebounded the team. Whoa! I get that they didn't have Carl Anthony Towns. They were playing a lot of guards, but they had a lot hey, of height. You take, take your moral victories when you can, and and True. the Thunder had a lot of height out yeah, there. Forty-four to so, forty-three. Yes, just hey. by one. But hey, they but got hey, it done. We'll take it. No, again, I know some people would probably say, "Well, the Thunder were minus all these players, and they were." And the Thunder technically did they have a point guard tonight? The answer is no. no. I mean, you got Hamadou <laughs> Diallo running the offense. You've got. Kenrich Williams bringing up the ball in some instances, and just the Thunder were just in the first half trying to outrun everything. I mean, we'll get into that much uh, a little bit later. Uh, real quick, though, Malik Beasley with 24 points for Minnesota. DeAndre Russell, 21 points, three of those being the eventual game winner. Nas Reed, 17 points. Ricky Rubio in his return to Oklahoma City, much fabled return, only three points but eight assists, and four rebounds. Real quick before we get out of here, guys, let's uh, try and pick a player of the game. Now, the Franchise Thunder Player of the Game brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. Lay up for me, Al Horford. Oh, come on, man. Do it. You can do it. You went first. You can go Al. You can go Al if you want. Yeah, give me Al still. Honestly, I mean, you can't you can't pass up his his line. Like you can't pass up twenty six points. He was ten of nineteen, super efficient. Three of six, fifty percent from the three point range. Like, come on, like you're stupid not to. I mean, I know probably Madison Morris would make a would make an argument for Mike Muscala. Thirteen points, oh, wow. lead man off the bench. Points, wow. Yeah. Also, shots fired. Fifty percent from behind the arc, so not too shabby. But yeah, for me, give me the layup too. I'll go chalk this time. Guys, we're all just shooting layups out here. It's got to, it's got to be Al Horford. It really can't be anyone else. Also had three blocks, two steals. He was doing everything. So he was everywhere. Yeah, good. good Crazy what happens when he actually tries. You know, you're saying he doesn't try. Aww. Every game. Wow. I'm I'm saying that like I I think with his age. And with knowing how well SGA and like the team is around him when they're at full strength, he knows when he can sit back and not exert too much energy to be to make sure that they win. But in games like this, when he knows he needs to come out and be strong, he can just annihilate people. That's what I'm saying. No, I like what's no hate. Honestly, I get it. No hate. But, you know, crazy what he's able to accomplish when he wants to. Well, all that and more when we come up. We've got Jerry Ramsey in the second segment. We've got Tank Commander of the Game, and trust me, we will have plenty of different candidates for that one for a more diverse list uh, around the association with Matt Burton checking out all the fun narratives tonight in the NBA because, oh boy, and it's still kind of going. Kevin Durant is still tweeting up a storm. We'll get into that in a future segment. But once again, the Thunder lose 106-103 to to the Minnesota Timberwolves, but don't worry. They're going to play him again tomorrow, so hopefully Thunder fans are looking forward to that. But stay tuned here on 107.7 The Franchise. Good evening, Oklahoma City and Oklahoma and everybody listening in the world because our listeners number in the billions. 
I mean, people in France have got to care, right? Well, not tonight. Teo. Well, Teo didn't play tonight, so. I mean, but like they care in general. What time is it in France, Matt Burton? Our lovely, beautiful no producer. Idea. You've got a computer. In they're probably front what of you. six hours ahead. I'm guessing six no, hours they're, ahead. No, us, they're at right? least eight. Eight. Okay. In what direction does the sun rise? What time is it? Tweet at CB in on sports. Paris. Oh, yeah. it is four thirty-nine a.m. Seven hours ahead. Seven hours ahead. Hey, well, split the difference. Real hey, close. there we go. Hopefully, they got a same good team, night's same sleep. Same team. Because we are definitely going to have one tonight after watching that first half. Woo-hoo-hoo. But the Thunder lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves, 106-103. Like I said, Christine Butterfield, Matt Burton, Brady Trantham here. And we are joined by the graceful, majestic human being that he is, Mr. Jerry Ramsey. Jerry, how was the first half? Did you enjoy it as much as we did? And what did you think of the Thunder's final 20 seconds of this game? <laughs> did you just read that <laughs> like off of a card yes i did uh the first half was watched on my phone uh as the family used the 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 front room television for wandavision so i could probably tell you more about wandavision tonight than i could the first half i know that uh al horford got it going quickly and oftenly uh, I loved what they were doing offensively, moving the ball around and getting it done. Uh, Roby continues to impress me, and uh, it was. And, and Darius Miles, hello. How you doing, pal? Or Miller. Yeah, I guess, I, did I, say, I guess Darius, Darius Miles, <laughs> Darius of Miles, course. great Clipper. Clipper great. <laughs> Darius Miller had his best Thunder game tonight, and we're just going and, to uh, forget it, I guess. I think Darius Miles was in the faculty, uh, if I'm not mistaken. The movie? The movie the, sure. The good. movie The Faculty. With the alien, uh, with the alien principal and the alien teacher? teachers. Oh my! That what a I, pull. I'm, I'm, what a callback. <laughs> well, I embarrassed myself because I said Darius Miles and a Miller. I had to do yeah, something. good save, Jerry. Good save. Yeah. Anyway, Darius Miller. Hello. How you doing? Nice to see you again. And the last twenty seconds, just it's probably some of the worst like basketball to ever happen to Hami. I'm not looking. The the shot. I thought the shot selection was questionable. Right. I don't know. I'm not super athletic. It's very Kate Cunningham-esque against TCU. I can't, I can't jump out of the gym and think that I can just get to the bucket at will uh, with plenty of sh- uh, time on the clock. But I definitely do not like the fact that I come down and D'Angelo Russell, who, by the way, will not he was not going to shut up about this. He'll tell anybody that listens that he hits his game winner. And then on top of that, I got a chance to take a shot and maybe tie it up and go to overtime. I don't hit that either. That kind of sucks for Hami. Uh, it, it's what you want as a basketball player because that's a lot of responsibility. But it just worst case scenario for all three possessions for Hami tonight. Yeah, uh, look, Hami is that type of personality. When he gets ahead of steam in him, he's going to do it. I mean, I think we could all kind of see it. Once the ball went awry from Minnesota's inbounds pass, I think we knew – not exactly how the play was going in in terms of foul or make made basket or missed basket, but there was no chance Tommy was passing that ball. But even though there there seemed to be a little daylight, uh, some, I can't remember who it was standing in the corner. It might have been Isaiah Roby, and if that's the case, I don't really blame Hamadou Diallo for not kicking it out. But at the end of the day, yeah, the shot selection is a little weird. But I mean, what what should the Thunder expect from essentially their six man and not not a guy that's going to be winning six man of the year? anytime soon what should the thunder have expected but at the same time jerry all the disadvantages the thunder have tonight no sga no ludor no george hill no teo maldon 
There's a lot of built-in excuses you can have in this game and maybe throw an asterisk on it, but Minnesota isn't good. <laughs> Minnesota is just not a good team, and they didn't have Carl Anthony Towns, so uh, they're going to play him again tomorrow. I mean, at this point, with this series and with what this team is and what the franchise trajectory is, I mean, what do you want to see tomorrow? I mean, how much, what different things do you possibly want to see out of this team tomorrow, especially when you consider Al Horford might not even play tomorrow night because he doesn't play second night of back-to-backs. Well, Al Horford was one of the best point guards that the Oklahoma City Thunder had. And, I, you know, do you remember last year when they had way too many point guards? I mean, Billy Donovan just threw them all on the court, and it's like, here, I have a ton of them here. Do you guys figure it out? Uh, now you can't find one. Uh, Hamid Diallo did, you know, what, is it 10? How many end up with tonight? 10 assists, just shattering his career high. But Horford, Horford played the point forward just as good as you could play it, and it was very smooth, uh, I want to say, in the second and third quarter, where the ball was moving around and getting it done. But they honestly, the talent, the talent level of the Oklahoma City Thunder right now with those eight dudes is some of the worst in the NBA. So, I mean, it's a great matchup. You, you got some of the worst uh, players in Minnesota, and you got some of the worst players in Oklahoma City. Serves for a close game. Although Minnesota does have a couple of guys. So, my question to you is, Al Horford had this really great night. Obviously, he's not going to have nights as amazing as these for the rest of the season. But I feel like Al Horford is so much better when he's called upon, if that makes sense. Because, you know, SGA obviously has most of the pressure on him. But then you also have Darius Baisley taking on some of that, Lou Dort. And then some of it will fall on Hamadou Diallo. But... I think whenever those players are out and Al Horford has this kind of moment where he's like, oh, well, if I don't play well, then this team is probably going to lose. And then he has these breakout games like this, Jerry. Do you think that he kind of reserves some of his energy sometimes um, due to like his age? Or do you think that sometimes he has it, sometimes he doesn't? Christine, you ever had seven-layer dip? Yes. Yeah, it's delicious, isn't it? I mean, just think about all those layers. Just It's delicious, every single. But mm-hmm. there's a couple of those layers, and I'll use guacamole in, in particular, that is fine by itself. And it could, it could hold its own by itself, right? Of course, yeah. Al Horford is guacamole. Al Horford is a very, very good player. Uh, and yes, if this was a playoff team, every single night we would see something similar to this because it's the potential's there but his job isn't to be guacamole you follow me on this i'm following his job is to blend in with the beans and the cheese and i don't know do you use some some sort of southwest ranch or, or what do you do with your seven layer i mean i haven't made a classic seven layer in a minute but is he sour cream or pico jer <laughs> what is it one more time is he sour cream or is he pico Thank you very much. Thanks, well, somebody who somebody who's actually balled out there uh, saving this thing. Way to go, there, Burton. Uh, But yes, he's not there to be guacamole. He's not. He's been guacamole before. He's been all-star guacamole. But he's there to be a piece of the seven-layer dip. Tonight, he had to show flavor. Right tonight, there had to be flavor. But yes, on most nights, it's there if you need it. But. Yeah, most of the time, most of the time they don't, and they just need that leadership. Uh, you know, calling out defensive plays, and you know, just sort of being a cog in that machine. Uh, that's all well and good. Uh, this, 
I don't really understand. Like, what I don't understand, like, the Thunder turn a 30-point defeat on Monday night into a 17-point victory. Everybody's, like, feeling good. Awesome, awesome. Uh, I understand as a fan, when you're sitting down and watching your team play, you want to watch them win. And then you come into tonight knowing that you're playing the worst team probably in the league and a team that you're going to be fighting for for the number one overall seed. To me, the end of that game was perfect. Not just not just to dumb it down, Jerry, as they lost. That's great for your draft chances. But just because, I mean, you can learn things when you fail, too. And it might be corny. It might be silly to say those things. But when SGA has a, a game-winning situation and it doesn't work out, it's important for the future. Darius Bays are the same thing. And I guess you can chalk up Hamadou Diallo with that as well. Any other of these young guys that could potentially be a part of the roster, at least next year, you can also say that as well. But... Uh, I appreciate, I guess, from when you're talking about basketball and a team over a, a period of time, a few seasons, I appreciate moments like this because maybe two months from now, we could see potentially the same situation and Hamadou Diallo gets the ball and is either more methodical with it, a little bit smarter. I mean, I mean, what will we, what will we need to see out of Hamadou Diallo for you to say, okay, he learned his lesson from that Minnesota collapse uh, uh, so many months ago? Uh, you know what, Brady, and, and I'm going to swerve here at the end there, but I will answer your question about Hamadou. Uh, I shouldn't be saying anything about his development. I mean, he's she should be a leader on this team. He should. Like, I don't understand what, what are we what are we developing? He's one of the dudes. He's supposed to be one of the guys. He's the you know the the shaman of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's one of the older guys. So I mean, he needs to figure it out pretty quick. Because if not, then he's not he's not an answer. He's not a brick. He's not a Lego that goes to this thing. That I mean, it's it's that simple. Yeah. And no, uh, go, I'm sorry, Christine, go right ahead. No, I completely agree with you, Jerry. So I mean, what do you think it's going to take for Hamadou Diallo to kind of realize how important it's, that role is? No, nope, I don't. I don't think it's going to take anything. I think he knows how important it is. I just, what are the limitations of his basketball skills? He's a hell of an athlete. He is a hell of an athlete. What position is he? And is and you know is he going to be a three defensively? Is he going to be a two defensively? Uh, they're putting the ball in his hands. He distributes the ball beautifully tonight against some very uh, low talented uh, Timberwolves. But yeah, man. Okay. And then the did you see the quote about Hami also? I mean the 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 quote that Isaiah Roby gave about Hami. L- listen to this. And I don't know if I like this per se. Uh, Isaiah Roby on Hami Dudiella. He has a contagious attitude about him. He's a fun dude. You know when he's out there with you, it's going to be a fun time. What are we doing here? Well, I mean, it's this isn't uh, intramurals. I mean, how much fun is this? This isn't flag football. This isn't, you know, pickleball. I'd imagine it's certainly fun to watch from the floor angle that Isaiah Roby is when he watches Hamidou Diallo just bulldoze his way into the paint. I would imagine that that's fun. I don't know if it's necessarily conducive to winning basketball, but Hami has played well. I mean, we can't say that about Darius Baisley over the last month. So as critical as we can be over Hami, I mean, you, you get what you get. You know what you're going to get out of Hami Dudial when he steps on the floor, at least. Yeah, a bunch of athleticism, Brady. And, you know, I just that last that last like drive to the bucket. That, that, that just says everything about Hamadou Diallo. I mean, his confidence is high. He believes in his athleticism. But were there other options? Were, I mean, were, yeah. Yeah, there was. So I really I really do not like uh, that last shot. And then, too, like I said, 
Dean up on uh, D'Angelo Russell and Russell hitting that shot over him. I mean, that's 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 on him too. It just is. If this was anybody else, we'd be saying, you know, from back in the day, Russell Westbrook. Remember Dame Lillard hit a shot over Paul George from 50 feet, and we're still giving Paul George crap about it. So it was kind of it was on him. It really was. Fair enough. Uh, I know. I know. Oh, grumpy old man. You know, I haven't taken my Geritol tonight. Well, so. I just need to know, are you wearing your sleep shirt right now? <laughs> it's Yes, my oversized shirt. Christine, no. did you hear about this? I what? did hear about this today, actually. <laughs> Matt, are you privy? I am not, no. Jerry, explain it to Mr. <laughs> I sleep in sweats when it's cold. I actually have sweats on, but in the summertime, I wear a night shirt. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that's Down pretty... to his knees. Okay. That's standard. Yeah. What, what is on said shirt, or is it just a... Do you have a nightcap? Is it like a if you don't have a nightcap, tea? then like this whole thing is just. I really, I uh, this really none of you guys' business, but I, you know you ask. So but I'll okay, tell you. I you know I, I really got into that Winnie the Pooh collection, and so I got Eeyore because I thought that was like adorable. You are so, such an Eeyore! Oh my gosh, that is so true to your brand, Jerry. <laughs> I figured you'd have like a Prince graphic tee. Like I've thought about it. I've only owned one print shirt in my life, and it's just like. You yeah like you got to be that dude to wear prints. I probably could pull it off now, but back when I had one, I yeah, I wasn't that dude just yet. I was still like Tommy Dudiallo. Uh, I had all the sk- I had all the skills and tools, but I just wasn't that dude yet. <laughs> um, real quick before I get out of here, and and uh, you know, and actually, if I could ask Matt Burton because he's the only one that's really played at a high level of basketball. On here this. we go. <laughs> and so he you know he would understand this more so than, than the rest of you guys. Mm. Um, one guy, the one thing that we're not talking about development, there's another youngster out there, and his name is Mark Dagnalt. The last play of the game that was drawn up, Matt, I thought was was dynamic. I thought it was fantastic. I thought there were a couple options out of it that uh, was there. And through years and years of hearing people cry about Scotty Brooks and Billy D and how they couldn't draw up last-second sh- uh, shots, what did you think about Coach D's uh, last-minute uh coaching movie it was good and you got you got a wide open al horford just just too bad that it was they needed a three and al horford i don't know if he wasn't in the right spot um but i mean he was he was wide open at the what eight about 18 feet so he had to kind of make a quick pass and there was what two seconds left so uh wasn't really enough time with uh with what the the timberwolves did a good job guarding it to be honest um and knew and knew that they needed a three so that's why you leave Al Horford open when he's when he's inside the three point arc. So no, I, I think I think it was a good play. Well, Christine, also you're another person that's played, uh, and I said person out of complete respect. Uh, you're another person that's played uh, at a high level. Okay, uh, so we're now like we're now saying that I played at a high level. Did you 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 told me you played soccer at what? You played I, soccer at a high level, correct? I yeah, I went to state three years in a row. In high school for soccer, I Which played state? in Europe, n- in Texas, like okay. the state championship. You played in Europe? Yes. Okay, there's countries in Europe. Do you want to tell us which country you're I in? Played, or I guess? played in France, Germany. Uh, oh, Is this real? Yes. Like with your high I was school in, team? Or with, no, like, like I was in a club and we uh-huh. like, I was... Um, 
like I was recruited to play on a like traveling team for their summer. Are you like, nice. are you like Black Widow, like Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. Like, did your parents like? Kind of. It's like pro- you don't know what my previous life was like before you met me. Absolutely. <laughs> did, they, did they program you to be an athlete and you like broke away and ended up hanging out with us? I'm just oh, saying. God. Yeah, but also Jerry, I did play AAU basketball and I played six A basketball my freshman year of high school. So I, my my feet did step on the hardwood just like Matt Burton. So. Exactly. Like yes. So, what did you think of that last play, Christine? <laughs> I thought I thought it was good. I th- I thought that the makeup was good. I thought, obviously, you want to have multiple options to score, and that's exactly what Mark Dagnall was able to draw up. And you saw that there was a lot of great options, and I think that unfortunately the players just weren't able to execute, and that can't really fall on the coach at that point when. You know, he gives them every opportunity to be able to score and to try to get that last shot off. So I was actually impressed with Mark Dagnall. I wasn't sure how well he's going to be at drawing up a last minute play and being able to be creative and think on the fly. And I thought that it was really good. Frankly, I mean, I was slightly surprised. Mm, Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Glad. And then to, and my last question, Brady. I'm sorry I took over the segment. This, this is kind of what. I oh think. no, we just have to, uh, tank commander left. Okay, uh, just tonight, Christine, and I think that you had the, you made the comment to me, and I didn't realize that Brady, you were there when she made the comment to me. Was tonight's outfit? I'm sorry. Was tonight's fit a vibe? Ryan Saunders was. He was wearing some Concord Eleven Jordans on on the sideline, coaching Ooh. up. So Ryan Saunders won tonight. Okay. Tonight's right. fit like SGA's fit or no? Your fit. Oh, my fit's a vibe. I think it's a vibe. Okay. It's a slight All vibe right. for the people that don't know. I'm wearing gray Air Maxes, some mm-hmm. gray plaid pants, <laughs> and a black leather jacket. So um, I think it's I think it's quite a vibe. Very vibey. Brady Trantham, you were there when she pointed out to me that yes, obviously she's going to the game tonight because of how she dressed. Correct? Oh yeah, I was there. Yeah. I yeah. Remember. Where I was clueless because I'm like, okay, so that's all right, different than how you dress, whatever. So, trust me, I know. I, you got, you got to force feed me sometimes. I oh. get it. I can't decide if this is Jerry telling me that I don't look good most of the time. <laughs> he sees me, or if like this means that he just he doesn't pay attention lightly. enough. He wanted to, to use know a- like. What I look there's like no on days hidden that I'm not... ag- when we talk, Christine. There's no hidden agenda. <laughs> like I'm, like I listen. I'm not treating you like I'm going to take you overseas and program you to be. A <laughs> okay, let's calm down. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, hard to read, Jerry. Okay, not everyone knows that about you. Tank, tank commander, Brady. <laughs> We're good. Tanking. Yeah! Tanking! Through the quad and into the gymnasium! Come on, everybody! Christine, go and go fast. I missed this soundbite, first of all, Matt, so I'm so glad that you're back so that they can come on. I'm glad. Did did you not play it on Wednesday? Apparently, you have to have authorization by the, like, creator. What is this? Which is some BS. You have my authorization. I created this. I was upset about it because we needed to hear it. Tank commander of the game, for me, got to be Hamadou Diallo. I'm going to go with the layup again. You can't have two missed shots in crunch time when you need to make these shots to win the game. Miss both of them. 
We all know that SGA is getting that clutch gene in him. But Hamadou Diallo is going to be the backup guy, I guess, for now. So he has to get that clutch gene down fast. Jerry, go. Uh, I'm going to head and say Poku. Oh, crap. He didn't play. Uh, let me go with Darius Miller. Uh, obviously, Darius whenever, Miles? <laughs> yes, Darius Miles. Uh, when this brother is shooting three of five, when he has five shots, you know you're in trouble. Matt Bird. Yeah, no, it's it's Hamadou Diallo. He he had a he had a good game up until uh, he kind of just was like I'm gonna I'm gonna be the savior I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be the hero tonight and didn't pass it on a three on one break I mean uh, the lack of situational awareness is uh, baffling but not really yep. since Hamadou Diallo anytime he touches the paint like we said the that shot's going up that blank don't play in six A does it. <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't play in the OBCA All-Star game. I pr- I promise you that. It wouldn't fly in France either, Jerry, in case you were wondering. I'm going to go a different route and say Trevor Ariza because he's a quitter. Jerry, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, guys. This has been one of the more enjoyable uh, times I've spent with you guys. Now let's do it again tomorrow night then. No. All right, see you. <laughs> Bye. Jerry Ramsey, everybody. TV's Jerry. You can hear him every week, day, Whatever those are called, Monday every weekday on TV, on the radio with Dylan Buckingham and the franchise players with Kelly Gregg. Hopefully, he will be able to return on Monday. Shout out, Mr. Kelly Gregg. But we've got one more segment. We got around the association, and that might just be a whole bunch of talking about Kevin Durant and his hijinks tonight. And we always enjoy doing that here on 107.7, the franchise for the Thunder first take post game show. But once again, Oklahoma City loses to Minnesota 106 to 103. But stay tuned right here. There you go. This is Christine's favorite Backstreet Boys song. <laughs> I was so hoping right? you forgot about that. No, What's I crazy is that. I thought about that today. I thought this was Baja. <laughs> I thought about this it today, is... and I was like, oh, oh, God, I hate myself. It's okay. Ugh. I forgive you. That Thank was you. I won't let you forget it. It is much too early for some so insane. sad. It is never too early for NSYNC. Is that Are what you, you wake up to, Christine? I love NSYNC. Mm. That is the voice of Christine Butterfield at CB on Sports on the Twitter machine over there producing, playing that in sync music that you just listened to and are probably singing at this point. Uh, Mr. Matt Burton at I am Matt Burton on also the Twitter machine. And I'm Brady Trantham. If you want to follow me on Twitter, go right ahead. It's at Brady Does Sports. Thunder Lose 106 to 103 to the now 5 and 14 Minnesota Timberwolves. There's, they're not really that good. They had their chances, of course, Oklahoma City did. Al Horford with a great game, uh, 28 points, season high. His career high with the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, his illustrious Thunder career. That could have started in 2016, but you know what? Other things happened, and we'll talk about some of those other things that occurred that season, that offseason, in just a little bit. But before we get around the association, Christine, when we talked about Darius, we talked about Hami, we talked about the end of the game. You haven't given one shout-out to your boy, Kenny Hustle. My boy? Uh, this was his first start. I never thought I'd live in a world where Kendrick Williams would start. But I guess that's the world we're living in now. And I should be expecting anything as possible now that 2020 is over. And, you know, like we've lived through all these other things that we didn't think we would live through. So here we are. Actually, he played well tonight. He had a better game on Wednesday? Monday? I'm forgetting my yeah, days. Yeah, he was 7 of 8 from the floor. Yeah, Wednesday. so um, Wednesday he had a great game, but um, he was still efficient tonight. He went 4-6 from the floor, and he had four rebounds, two steals. I mean, like, 
he's he's actually surprising me tonight. I think when he gets more time and you know he gets to gets to have the ball more, he's able to kind of show off some of his skills. But he lived up to his name, Kenny Hustle. He had some of those plays where he the ball was about to go out and he just said "Ya eat," grabbed it out of nowhere, and kept the play alive. So, I mean. I, I got to give it to him. I've probably been a little too harsh on him, and he balled out tonight. I'm I mean, proud. I mean, you have been, but that that goes without saying. It's okay. We can some sometimes in this business you've got to be a little critical, and sometimes we accidentally step over into the harsh realm. Yeah, uh, you know, I will say I was probably a little bit harsh, but you know what? He's been impressing me lately. So good for you, Kenny Hustle. Good for you, Kenny Hustle. My goodness. He might have to start again tomorrow because, like I said in the second segment, probably and, will. And as Thunder fans already know, they're probably probably privy to this. Al Horford doesn't play the second out of back to backs. Neither does George Hill, but he's already going to be out for the foreseeable future with uh, uh, recovering from his surgery to his finger. Can you imagine a seven man roster? Oh man, yeah. If Lou Dort and SGA can't go tomorrow, and they end up sitting Al Horford, oh my gosh! Not only do they not have a point guard. Are they going to have to start Mike Muscal at center? I mean, Madison Morris will watch it, but my goodness. <laughs> the player intros were fun. There's nobody high-fiving anybody because there's no one to high-five. No. Just walk onto the court. They're all there in spirit. Hey, Matt, why don't you take us around that there association? I Straight vibes. Straight vibes. Straight vibes. Straight vibes. Um... I'm going to save the Nets talk for the end just because I'm sure that's oh, all yeah. we really want to be we talking need, about. We need to get into NBA statements. We need to get into Kevin right. Durant tweets. So, yeah, let's James save Harden that James Harden tweets end. that were deleted. Continue. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right. Very active night on Twitter. Love that. Um, we're going to start off in Charlotte where the Utah Jazz get a victory 138-121 to over the Hornets. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich had 31 points, and Donovan Mitchell also had 30. To lead the way for the Jazz, Lamelo Ball, 34 point, 34 points, eight assists, four rebounds. Um, I feel like it's kind of turned into a two-man race for Rookie of the Year, by the way, between him and Tyrese Halliburton from the Kings, and Lamelo might just be running away with it on his own. Yeah, um, gonna shout out Devonte Graham though, four or five. Okay, Good moving job. on. And three to three from the three-point range. Moving on. Moving what a guy. On. What a guy. Moving on. I don't care where he went to college. Moving on. Uh, the <laughs> it was Orlando Kansas, by the Magic way. get a home win against the Chicago Bulls, 123-119. to Zach Levine led the way with 26. And Nikola Vucevic, most underrated player in the league. Even He's an, he all-star. Made an all-star. Even though he made an all-star, he's still underrated. 43 points, 19 rebounds for Vucevic tonight. Uh, in a victory. So good on him. The Milwaukee Bucks get a road win in Cleveland over the Cavaliers tonight. 123-105. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 33 points, 12 boards. And no one hit 20 points for the Cavaliers. Big yikes. Big yikes. Uh, Brady, the Miami Heat get a win. Oh, wow. They get a win. Well, you heard that four times Would this year. Would you look at that? And Thunder fans cried a little bit. Yeah. But... They get a win over the powerhouse Washington Wizards. Yeah, one does not simply lose to the Wizards more than once. Exactly. You just don't. You can't let that happen. Um, excuse me. Sorry. 
I thought I had a sneeze having, and I didn't. Having some issues. Thought I had a sneeze and then I didn't. Um, that is the worst. It's also the absolute worst. You know what's one of the scariest things ever? Sneezing when you're driving. Oh, yeah. Like you have to take your eyes off the road. You just pray that you keep straight. <laughs> yeah, that's... And your heart skips a beat, so... Honestly, mine does too. Um, I don't think I read this yet. No, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I forgot about this one. It was right at the top. I didn't even read it. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans get a one-point victory in Indiana over the Pacers, 114-113. to Brandon Ingram had 30 points, seven assists, six boards, and Justin Holiday led the way with the Pacers with, for the Pacers with 22. Um, what else do we got here? We have a couple more games in progress. The Pistons are losing in Phoenix tonight. Uh, Phoenix up 92-79 with about seven and a half minutes left in that game and about just under a minute until halftime in L.A. The Clippers are beating the Celtics 60-49. to And then the game that everyone is talking about, the Toronto Raptors get a win in Brooklyn, 123-117. to Pascal Siakam had 33 points, 11 boards, 6 assists. Kyle Lowry with 30 as well. Uh, Joe Harris led the Nets in scoring tonight with 19. But that wasn't the big story in that game. Uh, I'll just read this statement from the NBA on Kevin Durant. This is via Shams. Uh, Kevin Durant has tested negative three times in the last 24 hours, including two negative PCR tests today. However, someone he interacted with this afternoon subsequently had an inconclusive test result. Uh, re- uh, returned shortly before the game. Durant was initially held out of the game while that result was being reviewed. Under the league's health and safety protocols, we do not require a player to be quarantined until a close contact has a confirmed positive test. During the game, a positive result was returned for the person Durant interacted with this afternoon. Once that test was confirmed positive, out of an abundance of caution, Durant was removed from the game and contact tracing is underway to determine if he was in fact a a close contact of the positive individual. So, yeah, so Kevin Durant doesn't start the first time he's come off the bench in his entire career. And I think Eric Horn put out the stat 867 career games. First time he has come off the bench. And then, you know, because he's waiting for that test to come about and the NBA deems it okay, okay, in the meantime, you can play. Then that positive test comes back for the dude that he's been around or the person that he's been around. And literally there's footage of some Brooklyn Nets staffer coming up to him on the bench when they're sitting in a timeout saying something to him. And then you see Kevin Durant's facial expression just go from, like, I'm listening to now I'm incredibly mad. And then he just gets up and walks in the locker room, throws his water bottle against the wall, and that was it. I also saw a tweet that has now been deleted and it was of the post-game interview with James Harden, where he was basically saying, I mean, I don't get why Kevin Durant had to leave the game. I don't understand the league rules or the protocols. I just don't get it. I think it was, I, you know, like, I was annoyed that Kevin Durant couldn't play, and I just don't get it. And then it was deleted. Yeah. So. Look, playing a sport in a pandemic comes with so many threads comes with so many questions consequences uh some good things that we're probably going to take with us once we get back to normal times like we're learning things as we go along and we find out hey this is actually more efficient this is actually an easier way to do this and we were forced to find that out so we can take that with us so not everything is bad of course when you're trying to play this sport Uh, but this is one of those things where on paper you understand it 
at the same time, this just screams the NBA trying to make sure there are no future lawsuits, litigations, class a- class action lawsuits, uh, because they're just going above and beyond trying to be safe, and it just gets to a point that's like tonight, guys, where it's kind of comical. He literally played in the game and then got told, no, you can't play anymore. He literally had to come off the bench because he couldn't start, but he could still play, and there was still a test pending. Optics are a big thing with the NBA. The legal side and, that goes with the legal side. And, again, with the legal you, you said it. Basically, CYA. Just kind of covering all their bases. Yeah. And that's that's really all it comes down to. Even if it does mean pulling Kevin Durant uh, in the middle of a game that he's already played and been in close contact with other players. I don't know. It's just... Um, I feel like if it, if it was even in question, he probably shouldn't have played. But also, it's just so weird to say that, right? Because like, if it comes back that he's negative, then you're like, okay, well, we had Kevin Durant, one of our biggest stars, not yeah. play for no reason. Did it have to be so Katie? It's just weird. It's just it's such a weird time, and really, you just have to chalk it up to the NBA just covering, the, covering all their bases and kind of covering their own ass. Also, Kevin Durant tweeted... <laughs> When he was in the locker room, free me. Oh, yeah. This was literally 20 minutes after he had left the game. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, so Brian Floyd tweeted um, after, so there was a statement made from the NBA about Kevin Durant's situation. I don't know if you guys want me to read it, um, but it's basically kind of what they said, what you guys kind of already covered. And Brian Floyd commented, can everyone stop saying things like, out of an abundance of precaution, quote unquote, we're just saying words that don't match actions for PR over and over at this point. Then Kevin Durant responded and said, yo, and then added the NBA, your fans aren't dumb. You can't fool them with your whack ASS PR tactics. Hashtag free seven. And that's that's the other thing that's weird. When Because when I said if there was even a slight chance that he did have... COVID, the guy that he interacted with, you hold him out of the game. But you can't, you're right, you can't say that we'd had an abundant, overabundance of caution, but we'd let him play. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm not, you can't say that. That's not the, that's the thing that I'm not really vibing with, uh, shout out Matt Burton. That's that's the thing I'm not really like vibing with, going back to the beginning of the season where I think it was Seth Curry who uh, got told right before tip off that he couldn't play. And from what I can understand, you know, listening to other NBA podcasts from guys that cover the league much deeper than we do, basically at any given moment, players are waiting for a result. They're waiting for test results. So they're in a constant state. So it's it's not as simple as thinking, well, if they're still waiting for a test result, then don't let them even go onto the floor if you're going to be that precautious. And you can understand that, but they're constantly waiting for tests because the NBA, their whole philosophy is just test, 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 over test, over test. And for the most part, it's worked. I think their uh, positive tests went from about 20 a few weeks ago, and it's dwindled down now to the last time the NBA released their numbers down right to zero. So you can sit there and say that this is weird and annoying, but the NBA would probably reply that it's working. So whatever their philosophy is, it's working, but this is still kind of the thing that can is liable to happen. I'm just like, why'd it have to be Kevin? Why'd it have to be him? I couldn't have been some scrub, some nobody, because now this is just going to be a gigantic thing, and Kevin Durant's going to have Twitter fingers all night long, and it's, it's 11 o'clock on the East Coast. The night is young. The whiniest player in the NBA, 
Of course, this would happen to him. I'm honestly sad that the KD burner situation happened because over the years, he's had some fantastic tweets. Well, yeah, I like had how some he, great. Tweets. I like how yeah. he's just now pivoted from every fan that watches the game doesn't know the game. They're all stupid. They're all idiots, and they're all yeah. out to like make everything bad for us, the athlete. To oh no, they're not dumb. They're not dumb. Yeah. Well, it's because Kevin Durant only says things about people when it's convenient for him. You know, like that, like those, like comments. He says them purposefully when it's convenient for him. You know what I'm saying? But I do believe that what the NBA is doing right now. And how they're handling these situations are so counterintuitive. Because they'll say one thing one day and then they'll do something else the second. And it's just, I feel like it's hard for those athletes to know really how to act and what to do. And they're trying to do everything they can to do it right. But sometimes it's just not going to work out. And then you see players like Kevin Durant go off on the media and uh, tweet free me from the locker room. So I guess it just depends on how the players take it. Indeed. Everybody... Real quick, before we get out of here, just want to say thank you all so very much for staying up with us on these post game shows. We really appreciate it, and we in hat we had so much fun tonight, guys. That you know, let's just do it again. Let's all meet up. The vibes were just too good. Yeah, vibes were let's yeah. L- l- let's let the Thunder play the same team, and you know what? Let's let the same results happen. Maybe not even Al Horford show up. You know, you can just stay home, hang out with the kid, your fourth child. Congratulations to the Al Horford family, Christine. Any final thoughts from tonight, or are you just going to be like, I'm going to wait till tomorrow, then I'll have some final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts from tonight are don't have seven turnovers in the first quarter. <laughs> I, I think that's what, you know, like was really unfortunate was just... Jameis Winston out there? <laughs> I I just thought that that was the main takeaway was, I mean, clearly they didn't really have a primary ball handler tonight, so that's kind of what that fell to, but... You just can't mishandle the ball that frequently, especially in the first quarter when we're used to seeing the Thunder team kind of squash and not being able to have a productive or effect, like a efficient shooting first quarter. So for me, when they already know that's a problem and then they mishandle the ball so often, I, I thought that that was kind of... Uh, I thought that that was bad. <laughs> I'm frankly speaking. So for me, moving forward, especially tomorrow... I hope that they're able to kind of take care of the ball more. I had next to no expectations tonight, just with Shea and Dort both being out. Still no George Hill. So, I mean, it was. I guess it was good to actually kind of be within striking distance. No question. It still doesn't make me any less angry at Hamadou Diallo yeah. uh, for that for not passing at the end right there. You're going to go hey, put a for really sale sign in front of his house? No, I won't. I won't go that Don't far. Go, if he does it again, though, whew, man, <laughs> better be careful. <laughs> better be careful. That's gonna go up I'll and be like, hey, and, and if there's no hey. Al Horford tomorrow, uh, even less expectations. Literally zero expectations. Diallo, that is not a vibe. Not a vibe. No. Not a vibe indeed. Thunder lose one hundred six to one hundred three, and that's gonna wrap it up for us here at the franchise studios for the first take Thunder post game show. Like I said, the Thunder play the Timberwolves again tomorrow night in Oklahoma City. So if you're not doing anything, watching the Thunder play, win or lose, we will all be here once again tomorrow. But thank you to Christine Butterfield. Thank you to Matt Burton. Also, shout out to Ryan Chapman, who's in the arena, who was in the arena with us, Christine, uh, doing some work for us in the postgame, mm-hmm. uh, talking to players and coaches. Shout out to you, Ryan Chapman. Thank you for all the hard work that you do. Uh, and thank you to all of our listeners. Once again, if you just tuned in late, this is the OKC82 podcast as well. You can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's free, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever. Just type in OKC82. 
We will be in there for your morning commutes or whatever you're doing at the gym, walking around. We got you covered, so don't worry. Everybody, thank you so much. Have a good night. Stay safe. We'll talk to you tomorrow.